Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. This report brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Jula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. If you're ready to give 110% and play the full 60 minutes, you've come to the right place. It's Inside Sports on Oilers at Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Mike Riley, your quarterback, player of the month for August, but the problem there, the Eskimos only went 2-2. Two and two. I mean, that's why I don't look into that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, we... we judge our success rate on the win and loss record and so in the last four games we did enough in two we didn't do enough in the other two and and so you know again there's a lot of football left to be played and try to learn the lessons from the ones that we lost but um you know offensive defensive special team success it's always based on the group and how the group performs so you know it wasn't up to our standards that's for sure and we need to be better and i need to be better and and that's that's what the season's all about is learning from from the mistakes and trying to improve every single week so you know if we've learned our lessons from the last 10 weeks we'll be a better team in week 11 and and that's the goal every single week the lessons for the Eskimos in their two losses in August you got to play better in the second half of the game you got to try to put away a team when you have them down and you have to try to weather the storm when they're mounting a comeback. They lost to BC. They got outscored 15-0 in the second half. They lost last week to Hamilton. Or pardon me, in BC they got outscored 21-3 in the second half. Hamilton was 15-0 in the second half. Both bad. Uh, The Eskimos have four losses this season. Okay, they got crushed by Hamilton on home field back in June. Give Hamilton full credit for that one. The other three losses for the Eskimos, I'm going to add in the loss in Toronto, were there to win. I think they stole one in Winnipeg first game of the year. They were down late. They rallied to win it. So maybe they have won uh, one that they shouldn't have won. They have won. They have lost three, though, that, in my mind, should be in the victory column. So the Eskimos are on the unhappy side of that ledger. The games that we've lost, um, you know, there's there's a theme around how they go, it seems. So I think we, we kind of have the blueprint for what's stopping us. Um, you know, but it's one thing to know what you're doing wrong. It's another thing to fix it and, and not you know, commit those same errors on game day. So, you know, we're, we've had a few days off to get rested, which is nice after having such a short week last week. Um, you know, but they've been days well spent, and hopefully those things will address the issues that have been holding us back. 
A few days to rest and a few days to bond. The Eskimos were back at practice today, and uh, Dave Campbell was there, and you may have seen it on his Twitter account. It looks like they are lining up the same way, uh, at least so far going into Monday's game in Calgary. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad, 11.30 in the morning for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 1. Looks like the same lineup at least for now, I was wondering if Bryant Mitchell might get in on offense uh, at receiver ahead of Adal Hazelton. Doesn't look like any changes are planned at the moment. But the Eskimos with a little bit of time off, a little bit more time to rest. And on Monday, a little bit time, a little bit of time for some team bonding. Yeah, it was good just to get everybody together. We had a, you know quite a few days off, which we haven't had really so far this season. So um, you know, guys had to get away a little bit and and rest up and you know get fresh mentally and physically. But it was nice to come together, and it was good because it was an optional thing and in the middle of days off and you know we pretty much everybody showed up for it which shows that you know they wanted to be around each other they were kind of getting sick of being home and not doing football stuff even though we were out there throwing axes it was man some of those guys trying to throw those axes that was one of the scariest things i've ever seen like quabina don't stand anywhere you should i shouldn't have been in the parking lot when he was trying to throw that was terrible so you know but it was uh, it was interesting to watch um some of those guys and then you know some guys surprised and did a pretty good job but it was nice to get together and just do a little something with your football teammates that's not football related so it was it was good to have that you got to have those every every you know couple of weeks every month or two um just to you know have some fun together and not always be focused on you know the stress of football so there you have it the Edmonton Eskimos went axe throwing as a team activity I, I went axe throwing earlier this summer as part of a bachelor party it's, it, it's okay to throw it try rotating it properly so it actually sticks in the target that was much harder a little bit there from Mike Riley he is the player of the month I think he's the best player in the Canadian Football League uh, but right now the team not looking great despite their six and four record thanks a lot for tuning in tonight it's 6:11. my name is Reed Wilkins it's inside sports the Blue Jays are up four nothing on Baltimore that's in the top of the fourth you can text 630-630 the phone number 780-496-0063 and you can email inside sports at 630 chad.com so Riley getting ready to roll, and uh, there are some issues here with the Edmonton Eskimos, the big theme, putting away games in the fourth quarter, kicking teams when they're down, pulling away, holding on to those leads. Justin Sorensen, the center for the Eskimos, was on this show last night and addressed the lost leads. Lately it seems like if we're up in a game, then we kind of take our foot off the pedal, but when we're down, then everybody puts their foot down and plays a lot plays harder and plays better and and that's just something we need to we need to fix and address i mean when we're up by that many points in a game we we should be able to keep our foot down and score some more points and and the defense to do a good job of holding them but lately it seems like when we're up we just haven't had that killer instinct or that killer mentality and that's definitely something we need to we need to work on the killer instinct the killer mentality uh has not been there not been there at all I, I wonder if uh, the Eskimos it seems maybe on offense too, our team that once they start making plays uh, they might think it's going to be a little easier than it's going to be and then the precision and the commitment isn't there 
obviously the two uh, toughest games possible in the CFL coming up for the Eskimos. Monday at Calgary, next Saturday, home to the Stampeders in the Labor Day rematch. We'll talk more about that throughout the show tonight and uh, keep, keep getting you ready on Inside Sports here for the rest of the week. The Edmonton Oilers have added Jason Garrison to training camp. He will be coming to town on a professional tryout contract. Garrison, uh, I, I think, is going to be a long shot to make the team. He really didn't play in the NHL last season, just eight games with the Vegas Golden Knights, but he's hoping he can find his game and help the Oilers. In all my career, I've been a two-way player, um, you know, obviously focusing on defense and, and, you know, trying to keep the puck out of out of our net, but also contributing offensively um, and just, you know, you know, playing with playing with a lot of skilled offensive players, you know, I think those are the times that you want to, you know, you want to get them the puck and support them as much as possible and, you know, support them whether they have the puck or if they make a mistake with the puck. And obviously this team has a ton of offensive talent. So, you know, I think, you know, in my mind, it's, you know, you want to you want to break the puck out as clean as possible, get it on their stick and, and follow up the play. Um, you know, I think the less, obviously, the less time you play in your own end is, is better for everybody on your team. I'm sure he'll get a long look on the backhand. The Oilers do need experience on defense. Uh, there's no shortage of that. I mean, he or you always need as much of that as you can have. Uh, I mean, he does know how to move the puck. He might be able to help the power play, but... Now, Vegas turned out to be a great team, so you could argue, argue, well, okay, he couldn't crack Vegas. Could he crack other teams? We'll see. He's getting a professional tryout. Uh, Yerbeck actually got a contract, so you'd place him automatically uh, ahead of him in the depth chart and Kevin Gravel hanging around as well. But Garrison explains why he wound up committing to the PTO with the Oilers. Well, I think that, um, you know, obviously it's not you're not able to go to every team, um, but... You know, Edmonton, I think that, you know, they have such a, I mean, you know, despite having, you know, a couple of the best players in the world, you know, they have, um, you know, a lot of a lot of skill up front and on defense. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully my game and my, and my role kind of being a little bit more defensive and, um, you know, kind of contributing, you know, around, around our goalie and, and making good plays defensively will help and, and maybe I can... Um, you know, shed some some experience on, on some of the other guys. All right, so there's from Jason Garrison himself, who was on this show last night. You can get the full interview on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about the Oilers and their upcoming season throughout the show tonight. We'll uh, look a little bit at some of the... Well, the, the teams that, that missed the playoffs last year after being in the year before, there were quite a few of them, and we'll touch on some of the preseason projections for the Oilers and uh, totals around the league. When we get back, we will welcome Brandon Davidson back to Inside Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He uh, was an Edmonton Oiler a couple times. Uh, he is now going to Chicago on a professional trial. That's coming up. Hi, 
this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Strom in the vicinity, digs it out. Tried to center for Kajula once. Out instead to Davidson. It drives, scores again. Brandon Davidson, two goals for the first time in his NHL career. And the Oilers have their first lead. 3-2 with 14.44 to go. Back on January 25th, Brandon Davidson scoring twice for the Edmonton Oilers as they would go on to uh, beat the Calgary Flames in a shootout. That was the one where Strom scored in overtime. It was called off for goalie interference, and then McDavid got his infamous abuse of officials misconduct for pointing for video review after he scored in a shootout. Davidson, uh, big night that night for the Oilers, but uh, once again, he wound up being traded. This time to the New York Islanders. He becomes an unrestricted free agent this summer, and now he is going to the Chicago Blackhawks on a professional tryout contract, and I'm pleased to welcome Davidson back to Inside Sports. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Are you out skating again this morning? Are you still uh, wheeling around at the Pern, or what's the plan here? Yeah, still at uh, Perry Pern for the rest of the week. Uh, we're just kind of uh, halfway through the second week of that, and, and uh, yeah, that work up. You know, kind of getting back in the swing of things here now. Okay, well, and uh, obviously you, you, you finally got uh, a team to report to here for training camp, the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, and a PTO. Tell us a little bit about the summer, Brandon. Uh, I mean, well, I, we, we know what your journey was like over the last couple of years because you were an Oiler twice and uh, played for the Canadians and the Islanders, and then you kind of got to go through this summer uh, testing the waters and seeing what's out there. What, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, a little bit different summer for me. Um, just the uncertainty, I guess, is, if you will. I, uh, if you will, I guess. Um, I think uh, just not knowing where I was going was kind of uh, a little bit of the weight on the shoulders kind of thing. But um, nevertheless, and, you know, I'm glad that, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of get this PTO with Chicago and, and uh, hopefully uh, stick around there for, for a long time to come. What what what? Because because I know you had some other offers out there. What was it about the the Blackhawks that uh, where you kind of finally said, okay, this this is where I want to give it a give it a whirl. Yeah, I, I think um, I think in my situation, I was looking down the down the rosters and, and um, seeing what kind of um, uh, players were needed in different situations, and um, you know, uh, with the, the way Chicago's um, past couple seasons have gone, I feel like. Um, I'd be a guy with my style of game that could kind of go in there and and um, and help a little bit. And um, you know, going to Chicago. Chicago's always been my favorite um, city to to play in. The building is just um, uh, it's electric. It's it's just um, it's another beast. And um, you know that had a little bit to play with it for sure. Um, but also uh, the fact that uh, the key players there as well. And and you know. Um, a lot of their core group of guys are, are still there and, and you know the opportunity for success was um, just too much to, to to pass up on okay uh, look I, I know there were other teams talking to you uh, and you, you've made no secret your your love of Edmonton and uh, what a pleasure it was for you to be a member of the Oilers organization when you were um, I mean are there is there any you know lingering regret here that something couldn't be worked out again was it was it is the relationship fractured a little bit? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what, what, how would you describe it here? 
Uh, I don't think the relationship is fractured at all. Um, you know, I love my time here. I love this city. Um, it really does feel like home for me now, and and it, and it is. I, I spent the summer here and um, uh, changed up a few um, programming things for myself. But, um, you know, this place will always uh, have a special place in my heart, and I think that, um, you know, it, it does suck that uh, we weren't able to get something done because I, I thought that um, the success I had here was... Um, um, was something that um, is still needed here in Edmonton. So um, no hard feelings by any means, but um, um, definitely a little uh, saddening we couldn't kind of get uh, on the same page. When you're in Edmonton in the summer, um, the fans, you know, I think fans are pretty good in the city, but do you ever get approached? Do you ever find yourself in a conversation? And, and maybe can, can you take us, uh, you know, some, some uh, maybe a, a nice moment you had with anybody or a fan that you've got to meet? Yeah, all the time. I run into people all the time, and, and um, they have uh, they have uh, nothing but my utmost uh, attention. I, I, I do quite enjoy when... Um, when uh, fans um, get involved and introduce themselves and and express um, um, their gratitude and and really show me a lot of love and um, that's what's so great about this place is is the fans and, and it really um, it, it really showed this summer and and um, and you know kind of uh, saddening I guess to say that word again but um, that I'm leaving but uh, at the same time. Um, the opportunity in Chicago is, is going to be a good one for me, and it's going to be a place where I can play a lot of minutes as well. Brandon Davison joining us on Inside Sports, signs a professional tryout uh, with Chicago. What was your focus this summer? I mean, I know it's a, a cliche that, that you know hockey players pick one or two things to, to try to work out over the summer and, and uh, maybe add a little bit uh, to the resume when they get to camp. But for you, what was, uh, what was that focus that you hope is going to stand out when you hit the ice? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a, there was a couple things I was keying off of. Um, uh, I was working on um, um, speed, um, which is you know the game is moving towards a faster paced game, and and I'm a larger man, and I think that um, you know if I'm able to kind of keep uh, keep growing in that kind of department, that uh, that my game will grow as well. And um, you know, I, I I made the switch to move up here to Edmonton this summer and work with um, Simon Bennett and. Um, and he's really kind of um, changed that program to allow me to kind of have success in that area. And, and um, I really kind of can notice the differences now here, um, even skating at Barry Perns. Okay. What, what, do you do, what do you do off the ice? I mean, people probably imagine, you know, some, some lifting, some running, but what are some other exercises that maybe you were even surprised as you became a pro hockey player where it's like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think that might help my skating or my balance or my power or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we do a, we do a lot. That's a that's a tough question to answer because there is quite a, a wide variety of things we do do. But um, this summer was a lot of focus of um, work on the track. Um, you know, um, we, we lift weights to kind of um, allow us to create more power, but then you have to implement that um, into speed. And and so the work we did on the track this summer was just unbelievable and i think that's kind of where the difference is going to be okay well that'll be interesting to watch for sure i'm going to throw one more at you brandon it is not a hockey question so here we go uh you are you are from southern alberta you have uh, now made edmonton your off-season home dare i ask your allegiance on labor day kickoff at one o'clock <laughs> <laughs> uh 
We'll be uh, we'll be cheering for the Eskimos for sure. Okay, there you go, there you go. You, you heard it from Brandon. That, well, that's a great way to close the interview. That's a, that's an awesome closing comment. Hey, thanks for making time for me. All the best with the Blackhawks. Uh, I know we'll keep in touch, but everybody's wishing you well. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me out of, again. Good stuff. That is Brandon Davidson checking in tonight. Bit of drama surrounding him over the summer. Where was he going to go? He was in Edmonton. He was talking to the Oilers. Didn't work out. He goes to the Blackhawks on a professional tryout contract. Had a little bit of fun with him there at the end, but he's saying go Eskimos on Labor Day, even though he grew up in southern Alberta. A little more on Davidson and the Oilers' D. We'll look ahead to the U of A football opener on Friday. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Labor Day Monday, Eskimos at Stampeders. We will have a member of the Calgary Stampeders on the show between 7 and 7.30 tonight. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. I'm sure he'll be warmly received by all of you. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. This texter says, I think the Oilers did a silly thing by not signing Brandon Davidson. They would have been farther ahead signing him to a contract than letting him go to a PTO with another team. How do we know he's not better than Jason Garrison? Well, that's going to be the big what if. It's going to be the big what-if for the Oilers throughout training camp. No Sekera and a bunch of question marks on defense. Now, look, Peter Shirelli said maybe he made a mistake last summer by not trying to bring in a little bit more security with Sekera out at the start of the season. Remember, you heard his ACL in the 2017 playoffs against Anaheim. So he wasn't available, and uh, now he gets hurt this offseason. So once again, he's not available. There is nobody out there... Uh, who is going to replace a good Andre Sekra, which we saw in 16-17. Could uh, one of these guys that they're, the Oilers are you know, throwing bodies at this position, could one of these guys uh, replace or be a little better than the Andre Sekra that we saw last season when he came back and uh, didn't look like his old self, didn't score a goal, didn't look as mobile, didn't look as crafty with the puck? Uh, could this uh, Yerba kid be something they got from Washington? Well, he might be able to move the puck. Could Kevin Gravel uh, blossom a little bit at the age of 26? Uh, well, maybe. Uh, could uh, Jason Garrison show some chops and help the team move the puck? Well, yeah, maybe. Those are a bunch of maybes, and uh, those are a bunch of bets which I think are uh, perhaps not likely to come through. Uh, but you got to try. you got to try to have s- something there. Because the Oilers have a pretty big hole on defense. Now, Evan Bouchard, the first-round draft pick from this season, I would think he'll get a long look coming out of training camp. Maybe he even plays nine games before going back to junior, but I don't think he's here the entire season. So that continues to uh, be a big bug in the system for the Oilers as the new season approaches. Uh, Here's something exciting, by the way. We're going to have a live hockey game for you. On 6.30, Chad, on Sunday, September 9th, Oilers rookies in Calgary. So I would think that Evan Bouchard would probably play in that game. You know, it's it's funny looking at all the the predictions for the season. You you, you may have picked up some of these guides yourself. There's the, the sports forecaster. The Hockey News has its predictions out. Uh, what did the Hockey News say? Uh, Winnipeg over Tampa Bay 
in the Stanley Cup final? Well, sure, why not? The two teams that lost the conference finals last season had great regular seasons. Yeah, that's safe. You know, I was uh, I, I was looking at, at some of the, the changes in, sta- in the standings from one year to the next. I just, I just went by wins rather than points because sometimes the overtime or shootout losses, I'm not saying they're random, but maybe they're not as, as indicative of, of a shift in, your, in the power of your team. So I, ju- I just looked at raw win totals. Uh, the three most improved teams from two years ago to last year were the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Nashville Predators, all improved by 12 wins. Sorry, they were second through fourth. Colorado was the most. They were plus 21. But Tampa Bay, Nashville, and Winnipeg all improved by 12 wins. So it's it's funny going into this season, and I, I get it for Oilers fans. You have been absolutely beat down for a long time. I mean, I, I remember when I, when I started doing the games uh, five seasons ago, it, you know, people were saying if, if they could just be uh, competitive at Christmas time, like within 10 points of a playoff spot at Christmas time, and, and not totally com- like out of it, but not totally completely out of it, that would be progress. Because, you know, that usually they were out of it by the end of November, realistically. So, so you know, last year, the, people actually went into it with hope. But, but it's, it's funny how when you look back on the things that would have been being said a year ago, and now the things that are being uh, said today. Uh, a year ago, you would have been called crazy if you picked the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Western Conference. Uh, a year ago, you probably would have been called crazy to pick the Winnipeg Jets to finish second overall, which they did. They were second, don't forget, they were second in their division, also second overall. Nashville won the division in the regular season and was first overall. And a year ago, you probably would have been called crazy if you would have been, if you would have picked the Edmonton Oilers to miss the playoffs. Now I know some some people did. Uh, some people were skeptical that the Oilers would would have another good year. Uh, but I think most of those skeptics still thought the Oilers would probably be able to be a playoff team. And and I know there were a lot of people a year ago picking the Oilers to to win the West or win the Stanley Cup. I wasn't one of them. I didn't think they'd be that good, but certainly I thought they would be in the playoffs. So now uh, you know. Some people are saying, well, the Oilers are going to bounce back, get into the playoffs, and I am one of them. Uh, and now that's being called crazy. Because I think as humans, we tend to take the most recent bit of information that we have and think, well, that's the most recent thing I saw. So I, I tend to believe that's going to happen again. That's what a lot of us say to ourselves. But not always the case. I mean, last year, seven teams missed the playoffs who were in the year before, including Montreal, who got worse by 18 wins. They fell off by 18 wins. The Oilers dropped off by 11. Calgary dropped off by 8. So there were seven teams who dropped out. So there were six non-playoff teams who jumped in, and also the Vegas Golden Knights filled the other, you know, one of those other seven slots, a team that didn't exist the year before. I mean, Colorado improved by 21 wins. Oh, I missed New Jersey. They improved by 16 wins. I don't think the Oilers are going to improve by that much, but I stick by my theory that, that a 6-8 to eight win improvement for the Oilers is actually quite possible and perhaps not as difficult to achieve as it might seem. Toronto improved by 9 wins. Florida improved by 9 wins. Dallas improved by 8. Uh, 
Los Angeles improved by six. I, I mean, you can go through and find quite a few teams that improved by uh, you know six to nine wins in that range. Now, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's a given. But I think there are some relatively realistic scenarios that could allow the Oilers to grab six to eight more wins than they did last season. However, because of the concerns that they might have with depth scoring and uh, maybe some depth on D, that's why I don't think that they can be a team that finishes high up in the standings and can be seen as a Stanley Cup contender. But hey, we're sitting here in the middle of, uh, of August talking about it. Uh, I had a text about Duncan Siemens, if that's somebody the Oilers should look at. Duncan Siemens, uh, first-round draft pick of the Avalanche in 2011, 11th overall. He's now 24, went and checked his stats. He's only played 20 NHL games, 16 last year with Colorado, has a goal and an assist. Uh, I, you know, I think he's now at the stage of his career where he hasn't really panned out. But decent physical player. Don't know if he brings much else to the game. You know, maybe he'll get a look somewhere. Is 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 Yerbeck signing him probably a better bet for the Oilers? Yeah, probably. Uh, and with Garrison, you're getting the experience. So hopefully, Siemens turns it around. But right now, he's not. Uh, you know, I don't think he's highly sought after on the market. Obviously, he's still sitting there as a free agent. This texture says list the Oilers' defense and their salaries. Where does Darnell Nurse rank, and what should he get? Well, right now he doesn't rank anywhere because he doesn't have a contract. Sekra, 5.5. Clefbaum, 4.16. Larson, 4.16. Russell, 4 even. Benning, 1.9. Yerbeck, 1 million even. Kevin Gravel, 700,000. Look, I, I think Darnell Nurse is probably going to get just over $3 million because the... Uh, because that's basically what the Oilers can afford to pay him. They can't afford to pay him much more. Uh, this texture says, I think what hurts and the most is that we're talking about marginal improvements and maybe grabbing a playoff spot in, uh, in McDavid's fourth year. Well, you know, fair enough. Um, I, I mean, here's, here's the thing, guys. If, if you would have reversed the last two seasons... You'd, you'd feel a lot better even if the Oilers roster was in the same situation because, again, you tend to take the most recent information and think that is most likely to happen again. But it, it, doesn't, always, it doesn't always play out that way. There have been teams that have made dramatic drop-offs from one year to the next. There are teams that have made dramatic improvements from one year to the next. I don't think it's going to be a dramatic improvement by the Oilers, but I do think it'll be noticeable. And, uh, you know, again, I think they can sneak in. Like, is, is Vegas going to win 51 games again? I don't think they will. I, I can see Vegas and the Oilers both being uh, between 42 and 45 wins. I can see the Oilers moving up a little bit and Vegas dropping down a little bit. Because I, I don't think Vegas can repeat that season. I still think they'll be very good. I still think they'll have good goaltending. I obviously still think they'll have good coaching. James Neal is gone. And look, I don't think William Carlson's going to score 43 goals. Quite frankly, I don't think he's going to score 30. I'm not even sure he's going to score 20, quite frankly. So there's a lot of goals out of the Vegas lineup. Anyway, uh, it will be fun to watch once it gets going. 6.44, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. It is 4-1 for the Blue Jays over Baltimore. That is in the bottom of the fifth. They're kicking off Canada West football on the weekend. Golden Bears head coach Chris Morris when we get back. The 
this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Little Labor Day talk coming up in the next half hour. We'll be joined by Rob Maver, longtime punter for the Calgary Stampeders. University football Friday, Alberta at Saskatchewan to start the Canada West season. Golden Bears head coach Chris Morris is on the line. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reid. How about you? I'm doing very well. Great to have you on the show. Great to be talking about another season of Golden Bears football. And uh, hopefully, this is going to lead to another playoff appearance. You guys finally got over the hump last season. Is there a lingering impact, a lingering confidence from that last year, or, or what is the impact of breaking the playoff drought last year on this year's team? Well, I think it's always good to experience that level of success, right? And, you know, we, we've been talking here for years. We're just slowly building the program. You know, it's not about it's not about just sort of the, like one year's team or whatever it may be. We're, we're trying to build a program here that has like long-lasting impact on the kids in it, you know, from, a, from an academic standpoint, from an on-field standpoint. And, you know, this year is just another step in the right direction as far as, you know, we, we have a more mature team, I think, than we've had in the past. We've got lots of kids around here that kind of understand what we're trying to accomplish. Um, it's it's been really fun to watch the programs grow. You know, it's uh, it, it's a great environment to build a program in because it is it is a dogfight in Canada West, man. Every team here is is armed and ready to go and has full scholarships and lots of funding and all those sort of things. So it's been real. It's been really fun for all of us that have been trying to build this thing up to respectability. And we're just hoping to take another step in that direction this year and just you know show ourselves to be one of those you know top programs in the country that can compete on a daily basis in in Canada West. Well, and you know, the, the university football, it's, it's not the same team back. Uh, obviously, you don't you don't have the heck Crichton winner, Ed Elnicki, anymore. Uh, you had a couple guys drafted. So tell me a little bit about the, the makeup of this year's team compared to last. Obviously, there, there were some pretty big spots to fill. Yeah, you know, there always are. And I think for every team, and if you, think, if you look at our offense, there's obviously some big pieces missing from last year, right? So we had... You know, our, our two all-Canadian offensive linemen have moved on and they're playing professional football and they're on, they're on rosters for their teams. Um, Ed Olnicki, best running back in the country, all-Canadian, had Creighton winners gone now. You know, Nathan Rowe, who was a second-team all-Canadian receiver and the only receiver in the country over 1,000 yards, he's, you know, a devout religious kid and he, he, had, he received the call from his religion to join that and, and he's, you know, he's no longer in school and, he, and he's following a religious path now. So there's some pieces missing for sure. The the nice part about the maturity of our program, though, is that we do have kids that are they're ready to step in. It's not like a high school kid that's being called on no matter what to jump in now. So, you know, Dryden Kolesnikov, who's been with us for three years already, mature, fast, very, very good tailback, steps in. Um, offensive line, Peter Kajushka, you know, a 6'7", now 300-pound and very athletic kid from Yorkton, Saskatchewan, who we've had in our roster for three years, will step in at that left tackle spot. Camilla Conchisarli, who's a kid, a 6'4", 290, 300-pound kid from, uh, from the Edmonton Wildcats here in town that's been with us again for two years, is going to step into Justin's spot. So we're finally at the point here when someone goes, when someone leaves or someone goes down or whatever the case may be, we've got a reputable person to put in their spot, someone who's mature enough to handle themselves in this conference. So those are all really good things. I'm excited to see what these kids can do on offense. We have a, 
really mature, knowledgeable quarterback who's a great leader coming back in Brad Baker, and I think that's you know it's going to start and end with him and what he can do in that receiving core and or you know and really that whole unit. So it's it's going to be fun to watch him play. Chris Morris, Alberta Golden Bears football coach, joining us on Inside Sports. They get going Friday at seven. They will visit the Saskatchewan Huskies. Uh, is it was that right that the coaches poll had the had the Huskies last in the preseason predictions? And I know in your mind that means nothing because you got to hit the field. But I, I was a little surprised to see that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, and this is going to sound really bad. I didn't even look at that. <laughs> it's like the, the, if you look at if you look at the conference. The, the difference between the last place team in this conference and the first place team in this conference is going to be very, very small. And I, and I promise you, on any given day in this conference, anybody can beat anybody. There's not a juggernaut this year, I don't think, that's going to be able to just sort of overwhelm people. I think it's going to be, really, if everybody's got their guys in the field, it's going to be a dogfight and just see what happens. So, you know, I think the Huskies are young and they're, you know, they're obviously just like us, they're, they're a program that's looking to show what they can do. Um, you know, they got a relatively new head coach there, but he's a very talented, you know, smart, good coach. So, I, you know, I, I expect the same thing I'm going to expect every week. We're going into a, you know, we're going into a real firefight here, and we're going to have to play our very, very best to get out of there with a, with a win. All right. Well, you know, hopefully there, there's, 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 some inconf- there's some confidence based on last year. Uh, I know it was tense down to the end for you guys to get into the postseason. So uh, that, that was a great experience. So, you know, I, I know it doesn't – the wins are, don't carry over. We'll see how it shakes down on Friday night. Uh, but exciting for the program to be building. Did, did, the, rec- has the, did the recruiting change at all with the, with the playoff appearance? Did that shift any guys' um, – you know, opinions of, of maybe coming to the Golden Bears, or was that already done before last season ended? Yeah, you know, I think I think we've gradually built credibility in recruiting. Like, my first couple of years here, it was really tough to get the top kids to come. And then really, like, what kids are looking for, the kind of kids that we want here at U of A anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a combination between academics and athletics. Because we can't get kids... We, we can't get kids in here that are like 50 or 60% average kids. And, and even if we do get them in here by some miracle, they don't, they, it's very hard for them to stay, right? So for us, building, you know, the academic reputation and the way we support our kids off the field with our academic supports and, and the quality of our program as far as our facilities with that bubble and, you know, and, and adding a strength coach to our staff, all those things have really helped us in recruiting over the last few years. And we've had the last three recruiting years, we've had some very good recruits and very good, very good groups of recruits come in. So it did help for sure. It gave us a little credibility getting to the playoffs and showing that we could develop players like the Heck Crichton winner, like the top lineman in the conference, like the top community service guy in the conference. All those things really, really help with recruiting. But I think we had something going in the right direction there to start with. But, you know, we, we did get some great kids this year. We, you know, I, I think we took the top two offensive linemen out of the province of Saskatchewan this year, which was a huge coup for us. We, uh, we got a great player from the Edmonton Huskies here in town, Donovan Bergmeier, a defensive end. Um, Jonathan Rosary, I think, is the top skill player in Western Canada. Tremendous, tremendous tailback out of Harry Ainley here in the city. So we, we, we had a great recruiting class again this year. And you guys will likely see some of those guys on the field. We like to redshirt first-year guys, but some of them are so good, we got to play them. 
All right, Chris. Well, looking forward to following that game on Friday night for sure. Hey, i got to ask you before we let you go, uh, Chris Morris joining us, Golden Bears football coach. Yeah, you played for the Edmonton Eskimos from uh, 92 to 2005, 14 Labor Day games. I checked the stats, seven wins for the Eskimos, seven wins for the Stampeders. So uh, you still came out even, even though the Stampeders won six in a row uh, at one point during your career. It, it's coming up on Monday. Um, it, it's it's a game unlike any other. I, I know the Stamps are going to be favored, but but I know there have been years where, where the underdog has risen up and, and played way above their heads in, in a game like this. Uh, what are your some what are you, some of your fondest memories of Labor Day, Chris? Well, it's just it's just so fun to play in because it's just a war, and you guys <laughs> the teams don't like each other, the fans don't like each other, the cities don't really like each other on that day. It's it's a it's you can't imagine a more fun environment to play in. So it's you know, it, you know I think the Eskimos they have everything they need to win that game this year. They got a quarterback that's as good as anybody in the league, if not the best one in the league. They got a they, you know they got a good supporting cast around them. I don't see the Eskimos as being underdogs now. I think they have a real good shot to go in there and win. I, uh, I I just think it's a fun thing if you've never played in that game that you really savor it because it really is. It, you know you, you equate it to like one of those big NCAA games where it's a huge rivalry game where the the fans are you know the fans are packed into the stadium and everybody's really excited. That's exactly what it's like. Did, did you find you had to learn how to harness your energy and maybe some of the animosity in those games? You know, like, were you boiling over, especially maybe early in your career? Did you have to learn how to, how to, how to keep it harnessed and, and, and save yourself for four quarters on Labor Day? Yeah, you know, I always found it. I always found it much more fun to play angry, and I was far more effective when I did. So I, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't think that was. A, I didn't think that was a problem. I think for some guys, especially those skill guys, they have to. They have to just take a deep breath and make sure that they're, they're, you know, they're controlling those things up front. Like you can, you can just play hard and get after people and play with emotion and all those sort of things, and it's all, it's all good. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a unique experience in Canadian football. Like that game, really. If I said, if I said to you, is there, is there any other game like it in the Canadian football landscape? The answer is no. That game's the game, and it's uh, for me to have had the privilege to play in it that many times is, uh, you know, it's something I'll always remember. Well said, Chris. Hey, thanks for making time for us. All the best with the Golden Bears this season. Of course, we'll, we'll talk throughout the year, but thanks for updating us here as you go into the opener against the Huskies. Thanks very much, Reed. I always appreciate you having me on. Yeah, good stuff. Alberta at Saskatchewan, 7 o'clock Friday to kick off the Canada West football season. We're back after the news with Rob Maver from the Stamps. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.